You're listening to the Savvy Citizen Podcast. I'm Adam Gobb. Today on the show, Jane Kaler from the Gaston County Public Library stops by. Jane is the supervisor for local history and genealogy services with the public library, and she's going to talk to us about how the library's got some different things that can help you if you're interested in learning more about your past. So we're here on today's episode of Savvy Citizen. We're here with a special guest from the Gaston County Public Library. That's Jane Kaler. And Jane kind of oversees the um, local history and genealogy division um, for the public library. Jane, thanks for coming in and, and talking with us today. Thank you. I'm going to turn it over to Elizabeth. Elizabeth is going to is going to start the grilling of our genealogy <laughs> specialist here. <laughs> well, I'll start off with a softball. So for you personally, how did you get involved in genealogy and what was it that originally got you interested in this topic? Well, I've always loved research and that's why I became a librarian. And uh, as a librarian, I've answered a lot of questions that relate to genealogy research. Uh, both of my parents and other relatives were also very interested in genealogy. They wrote books about our families and had a lot of reunions. Mm-hmm. Um, and oftentimes, it's just one thing that causes people to get really excited about researching their family. And I thought I'd give you an example of something uh, that I had found uh, in my early experience as a librarian. All right. Um, this is a letter that was written by my uh, great-great-grandmother. Her name was Mary Jane Catherine Stubblefield, and she lived from 1830 to 1926. And um, this letter is written from her to uh, her niece, Ida, and it's located at the Southern Historical Collection at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. So did you have to travel to go see this letter? Well, it's interesting. The, um, when I was a librarian, I, before I even worked for Gaston County, I, my first library job was a reference librarian at Belmont Abbey College. Okay. And um, I was there, and OCLC, which is a kind of a library company that provides um, – electronic access to library catalogs all over the world. Um, they were, they used to charge when you searched it. Uh, so every minute you searched, they charged you an amount. Ooh. So it's very high pressure. You kind of had to learn how to search well and, and prepare your search ahead of time before. But anyway, they were offering, offering some free time to, you know, get familiar with their database. And I already was familiar with it, but I thought, well, this is cool. I can put anything in there and find something that's all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, if you want to still search this, it is free now. It's called WorldCat. Oh, okay. I know WorldCat. <laughs> yeah. And uh, at the time, you know, they didn't have as much as they do now because more. Uh, this was, uh, I found this letter. Uh, I just put in Stubblefield, which is my maiden name. And it's an unusual name, so I knew not as much would come up. Sure. You know, it's as, not like putting Smith in or Jones. Or, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so I put it in, and I found this letter that was uh, cataloged at the uh, Southern Historical Collection at Chapel Hill. I thought, oh, wow, you know, I did my graduate degree at Chapel Hill, and I didn't even know this 
existed, you know. Mm. Um, and at the time, they just had the record of it. They didn't have the full letter. Mm-hmm. But now when you search, you can pull up the full letter. They've digitized it and everything, oh, even wow. did a transcription of it. Wow. So I'm going to do, I'm just going to read a portion of this letter. I'll set it up. It, it's basically uh, her niece Ida had written to her asking, uh, she was a member of a society, and at that time, which was around 1916, a lot of ladies had a lot more free time because of industrialization. And so instead of having to sew as much or, you know, make clothes and things like that, you know, they could meet together and do things. Well, um, I had written and wanted to know how things were in the olden days, how they had to do women's work and that kind of thing. So this letter that she's writing back, um, it just kind of describes what women did back then. And I'll read part of it. Dear Ida, your last letter touched a spring that disclosed to memory many pictures that had grown dim in that haze of the long ago, when every farmer planted a large field of cotton, when the snowy balls were open, men, women, and children picked it, and when the large round baskets were full, they were carried to the house and weighed to see who had picked the greatest number of pounds. To extract the seed, the cotton was spread out in the warm sunshine or laid by the fire to open, thus making the work easier. Then it was thrown in a tub of hot soap suds for a while, taken out and squeezed into a large round cakes, punched and thrust in the middle, and strung on straight canes to dry. Before the general use of the cotton gin and weaving machine, the spinning wheel and rudely constructed loom afforded the only means for making cloth. And woman was the chief in, in the manufacture of clothing for the family, Her innate taste often brought forth some very pretty patterns for Sunday dresses. Calico was 25 cents per yard and was only worn on special occasions. The blue dye pot was always set in the kitchen near the large open fireplace, and I have dyed many a hank of cotton and wool therein. The forest trees and blackberry patches afforded their bark roots and nuts by which various and pretty colors were dyed, Walnut bark or nut hulls produce a beautiful brown for cotton or wool. Hickory bark, yellow, which when dipped in blue dye produced green. Chestnut bark, purple. And then she goes on to talk about how to dye the cloth and that kind of thing. Uh, And and then talks about um, the spinning wheel and how it works and that kind of thing. And then later in the letter, she talks about how to make candles. Oh, wow. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's pretty cool. And, you know, towards the end, um, she says, Being reared in the city, I never saw a spinning wheel until after I was married, but I soon learned to card and spin both cotton and wool. I did my housework and carded and spun a yard of thread consisting of six reeled cuts and allowed to fill one yard of cloth. I also learned to spin flax for tablecloths and towels. Uh, the toe was used for men and boys' summer pants and dish towels. And thus the work of woman proceeded until scientific invention relieved her of the greatest part of her burden. Yet the humblest life is not without its pleasures. 
to, t- to those who take up their life work with a brave heart that lightens each burden, and after the toil of the day comes sweet, sweet rest. Yet looking backward, I can but rejoice that the progress of invention and all the meanism of industrial art has wrought such a change, especially in the appointed work of woman, and made a, pla- a path plain in which she can pursue her domestic duties with much less strenuous labor, thereby giving her an opportunity to bring out her latent genius, to class the higher thoughts and ideas that combine to make her life bloom with the ray hue of triumph in the literary world and an accomplice in bringing out ways and means for the betterment of her sex and the moral uplift of humanity. And it's just such a beautiful written letter. You yeah, know, and that's how they wrote back then. It's very, right. very she's fun very like, like she's like waxing poetic yes, <laughs> in her in her. I, le- I wish we still spoke like that. <laughs> no, and we. I mean, I feel like when we send out emails, if it's like two paragraphs, people are like, "That's too long. I can't read that." It's like our attention span is gone. Our ability to write in any sort of kind of like poetic prose is just totally out the window well if you need to cut this that's okay (laughs) no No, it's great what a treasure to find of a relative of yours that you get to hear her very own words of what it was like to live her life that's incredible yes so have you seen other people have that experience of finding documents from their relatives that they've never even met Oh, yes. Um, it's it's really fun when they find things like that, especially pictures, mm-hmm. you know, and they're always looking for a picture. Um, and sometimes those things exist, sometimes they don't. So but, as a librarian, how do you help people find things like that? We do a lot here at the library. Um, and a lot of what we have are... Um, ways to save people money, you know, if you want to do genealogy research. A lot of people have their own subscription to Ancestry, but we offer it free here at the library. You have to come to the library. You have to go to the main branch or one of our branches. Okay. But you don't have to subscribe to it. Um, (laughs) The only thing is, I think the only difference is, you know, we do have the full thing, but if you wanted to put your own family tree on there, that's not available. Got it. So that's the that's the only difference between the library sus- subscription and a home subscription that I'm aware of. Mm. So, you know, we don't do the genealogy research for the patrons because that obviously takes a lot of time. Oh, yeah. You know, um, some people work on it for years. And mm-hmm. even when you're done, more stuff comes out online. Yep. More <laughs> libraries are digitizing, and it's just a constant process. So um, a lot of people are really hooked on it, and they love doing it. We guide the people, you know, people to the right resources. We also provide indexes and databases to local history and local people. Um, and unless your family tree has already been thoroughly researched, sometimes you know it just it takes time. And you know everybody's a little different. If your ancestor is pretty prominent, there may be a lot of information. If there's not, you have to dig a lot more. Mm. Uh, so, but there are ways to do that. Even if, if you had a poor ancestor, you know, they tax your horse or whatever. It, it, right. there, there are documents for that. And, and, you know, sometimes you can find out information that way. We also have uh, some volunteers that help us uh, and go Mets. 
um, who used to be the reference supervisor here before she retired. She is heavily into genealogy, and she does help us out a lot. Uh, presently, she's helping to index, uh, or actually she's doing the indexing for the Gaston Lincoln Biography and History Index. And if you go to our website, you can go in there and, and search that database, and you can put in a family name, you know, and it will come up with a list of books, uh, local history books that we have oh, wow. that um, mention that person's name. So it's, it's very helpful. Um, Brian Brown, uh, my colleague here, or he's a librarian in our uh, local history and genealogy section. He also writes uh, research guides online with helpful links. So if you click on local history and genealogy on our website and then click and more, kind of at the bottom, it will come up with all this whole list of lists. So if, if you're adopted, you know, there's one mm. there for adoption that you can go in and you find all these links that will help you research. Same thing if you're looking for um, where somebody's buried in a cemetery. There's okay. all kinds of links for that. Um, so he's put a lot of work in those research guides. Um, we also have other things at the library. We have the microfilm to the Gaston, Gaston Gazette, or Gastonia Gazette, as it used to be called back then, uh, all the way back to 1880. Wow. And we have a microfilm machine. And it's, not, it's, a brand, it's pretty new. It's not like your old-timey ones where you just printed stuff out. You can bring in a flash drive. You can save it to your flash drive. Oh, wow. So it's, it's got a lot of bells and whistles where you can really – um, focus and un, you know on things and make things a little bit lighter so that if you do want to print it out like pictures are you know yeah. microfilm you know they're, they're also really dark, dark. Yeah. you can make them lighter so you can see a little bit more of the detail wow. um, and so that's we have a lot of people using our microfilm machine um, do you have to set up time to like like almost put in a reservation or well we have generally People can just come in, sit down, and do it. Okay. And we do have a sign that says 30 minutes, but, you know, it, it's just if somebody's waiting. Mm. Um, and if nobody's waiting, you can sit there and, and sure. research for as long as you want. We also have local city directories. A lot of people will research their house or business uh, to see if there's, you know, who, who lived there before them. Mm. Um, we have old maps, indexes to cemeteries. We also have access to some databases, and one of them is called NC Live. Uh, you need a library card to be able to access that database, but that will save you lots of money. If you don't want to pay money for a subscription to newspaper newspapers.com and you just want um, North Carolina newspapers, there's a subset of that that the library has available you just put in your library card number and you can go in then and search newspapers uh, historical newspapers all over north carolina wow. and it is the actual newspaper you can just pull it right up and look at it print out or save whatever you need and uh that is uh, a lot of times a treasure trove for people who are looking uh for the relatives and, and finding out more there are also some databases there's one uh called um, Digital NC. It's at www.digitalnc.org. And libraries and museums all over North Carolina, they contribute 
material to that database. They've digitized a lot of yearbooks, mm. a lot of newspapers, um, memorabilia, you know, audiovisual type things. Our library, as well as the museum, have contributed material there. So that's another way of, of looking. Um, you don't need a library card for that one. Although getting a library card, as long as you're a resident, is free, right? Right, exactly. Um, if you live, work, go to school, or in property in Gaston County, it's free. And you can also, on our website, access our digital history collection, which is on BiblioBoard, where we are digitizing some things and putting those up. And um, Brian does a lot of that digitization, and and we recently had an intern named Maddie Moore mm-hmm. who helped us uh, do a lot of digitization with some of the art that the library has. Um, we also have a large collection of local history books, indexes, uh, genealogy periodicals available for the public to come and research. Um, they don't circulate, although there might be certain books that we have extra copies that do circulate. Okay. So, you know, um, but you just bring your phone or your cam- camera mm-hmm. when you come or flash drive and you can take pictures for, in the books okay. and just uh, for your research and that kind of thing. We also have uh, a YouTube channel where we have uploaded some uh, some material that you may want to check out uh, and take a look at. So that's another uh, resource. And a lot of people, when they write their family history, especially if it's here in Gaston County or surrounding counties, they'll donate a copy to our library. And so, you know, if you're starting your research, it might be good to kind of look there Mm. and see if somebody has already written a history of that family. Sure. And you might be able to find a lot of good stuff there. So speaking of where to start, (laughs) you just listed off a ton of resources. I had no idea that many resources existed here. So if someone came into the library and they were like, I've never tried to look into my family history before. Where do I start? What would you tell them? Okay. Usually what I say, you need to talk to your family and take notes. Mm. Talk to talk to the oldest family member and see it, what they remember and that kind of thing. Um, and then, you know, you can start with Ancestry or you can start with some of our genealogy research guides that are um, on our website. And those are good to kind of begin your research. Um, We also have a genealogy club that meets the second Tuesday of each month at 10.30 a.m. And Ann Gomez usually is the one who runs that. You don't have to be an expert in genealogy. Uh, In that club, there are people that are just starting. And there are some people that are very experienced, Mm. like Ann, you know. And so... When they meet, they talk about their families and their research and how they found certain things. And if if you're hitting a brick wall in your research, a lot of times some of those people can kind of help you, give you some ideas, as well as the staff too. But it's kind of nice to talk to as many people as you can because you may be, you know, aware of more stuff, you know, through talking with people. So, um, but uh, in January, um, I don't, it may or may not be Anne leading the club, but uh, Brian and I are going to do a presentation at the beginning of Genealogy Club in January 
uh, and it's called Accessing Free Newspaper Databases for Current Historical or Genealogical Research. And we're also going to talk about how you can expand your access to free newspaper articles online by obtaining a library card from the state library. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but, you know, through the databases that we have and, and the databases through the state library, you can access newspapers. So, you know, if you hit a paywall, you know, when you're looking up at an article, if you've got those cards, you can go online and pull up that article. You're not it's really good to know because it's already been paid for by the library or the state library. Mm. So um, you can read the New York Times every day for free. Oh, wow. If you have a library card, you can read the Wall Street Journal every day for free if you have a library card. Um, and so it, it's just, it's mine, but a lot of people don't know this. And I didn't know that. Yep, yeah. You can. <laughs> so that's pretty awesome. Um so, you know, that's what we're going to talk about in the January uh, Genealogy Club. Um, and there are other ways, too, that you can kind of become a member of the community kind of that's doing this. Uh, you can become a member of the Gaston Lincoln Genealogical Society. Uh, Robert Carpenter is the president, hmm. and they come out with publications uh, regularly. Okay. Um, we have those in our library, so if you want to look at them, and if you want to become a member, there's a membership form in there that you can just, you know, copy and, and send off if you want to become a member. And also, we have local historical societies and museums here in Gaston County. There's the Belmont Historical Society. There's one for Cramerton, Mount Holly, and other places. Um, be a member, you know, and then that also extends your re you know, your research possibilities. Absolutely. A lot of these uh, organizations really do need money, you know, uh, and uh, they have a lot of really good programs too. So it's, it's good to do, become a member. Um, in March, the library has two upcoming programs that you may be interested in. On March 11th at 11 o'clock a.m., uh, we've got uh, Robert E. Wells, Jr., is presenting a program on using DNA for genealogy. Mm. So if you're interested in that route, because a lot of people, they know hardly anything about their family, and that's the only way that they can go about doing their research. So, so doing like a 23andMe sort of thing? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on March 18th at 11 a.m., we've got uh, kind of a local history program it's called A Glimpse As It Passed, Scenes from a Vanished Gastonia, North Carolina. And it's presented by Timothy Craig Ellis, uh, Ellis local historian uh, here. Uh, and uh, he's got a lot of pictures of Gastonia, of buildings and things before they were knocked down. Oh, wow. So you can kind of see what Gastonia looked like back then. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I know you talked a little bit earlier as you were going through the list of resources and you, you mentioned Biblia board briefly and we were talking about this before we started the episode, but um, one of the things that, that you took on for, for kind of the County was putting together um, a Biblia board page for the County's 175th anniversary. Um, what was that like kind of going through and, and pulling some of the historical stuff just related to the County? I mean, I know you documented a lot of the, the events and different things that we did as part of the celebration, but you, you put together some of the history as well, right? A little bit. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I must give a shout out to Josh uh, here who uh, 
did a lot of the photography of mm. the events that happened. Uh, and they're they're just beautiful. They just turned out so good. He's and a really good photographer. He doesn't like really to brag is. on himself, but I'll brag on him here and <laughs> I'll tell him specifically that he can't cut this out of the episode or I'll, you know, I'll break his legs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So I, that was fun putting together and I still may do a little bit more with it. And mm-hmm. we've, we've got to get it where it's a little bit more accessible. Sure. It's, it's out there if you search for it, but um, I need to... Uh, get with someone to make sure that it's with some of the other things that we have online. Uh, so people, people can find it a little bit more easier. Sure. And, and you were saying, and it's not quite tied to, to genealogy, but you're saying people can also use Bibli board if they want to start writing their own book, right? Yes. Yes. Um, I kind of got into that myself. Um, I wrote an ebook and uh, I'm, I'm probably going to take it down at some point and revise it because I found out more information. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, you can uh, f- have it formatted. You can pick your font. You can make your cover. You can do all Ooh. kinds of things. I will say it takes a little while to figure out how it works. Sure. And they do have help pages and things like that. And if anybody comes in asking me how it works, I can show them. Mm. Um, it's probably better if you're writing a novel okay. uh, or something like that. If you're adding a lot of pictures, it's a little bit clunky and you, mm. and you kind of have to figure out stuff a little bit more to be able to put in pictures. I would give advice though, if you do it, um, when you're writing your material, usually what people do is they write it in word and then they upload it into Biblioboard. Okay. Um, you want to keep your, you don't want to put a lot of formatting or hardly any formatting mm. in there because when you upload it to Biblioboard, it doesn't know what to do with that for, formatting. So you want to have it as clean as you can before you, up, that would be my advice because when I first star, started doing it, I didn't realize that. Ah, uh, so then you were dealing with some <laughs> weird like, transitions. It's, it's not looking that great, you yeah. know, and trying to fix it was very difficult. And even some things aren't totally fixed. So, um, yeah, if you're writing, just write it, upload it, or you can write, upload bits at a time and you can make your chapters. You can, all oh, this is really fun to do. How many libraries across the state have kind of people that do what you do and and serve in kind of this genealogy role? Is this something that is becoming a a bigger thing in libraries or is this something that's fairly unique to Gaston County? Oh, no. I mean, yeah. I mean, Lincoln County has an NC. Most public libraries have something like an NCC room or Mm -hmm. a, you know, room about their local history. Mm -hmm. So it's very common in public libraries um, and academic libraries, it's really just amazing how much stuff is there. I know UNCC, they've got a site, I think it's called Goldmine. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I know? can see that. And uh, you can go on there and, and see what they've got. Uh, they've got a lot of cool stuff as well. Um, and, of course, Chapel Hill. You oh, know, yeah. as old as it is, wow, mm-hmm. all the stuff that they have. And they've been digitizing and putting it up there. Uh, the Wilson Library is amazing. And uh, I'd like to go back there and do some research. Uh, and if you're ever interested in going to the State Library, that is amazing Kind as of well. next level in terms of kind oh, of resources. and 
Wow. Yeah. I have not been there, uh, but Brian has, and he's been doing some research over there um, concerning Gaston County history. There's some things that he will probably um, have accessible at some point, okay. but he's still working on it. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's it's a lot of places. It's a common thing, mm-hmm. uh, and it has been for a long time. I mean, even in the early history of the library, uh, when Charlotte Blake was librarian, she was buying books about North Carolina, mm. and she was she kept a lot of notes about kind of the history of the county and things like that. Um, and and probably back then they were more interested than maybe we were are today about local history. I don't know, but mm. uh, they were really heavily into it. And um, and there's some really cool stuff that they have that we need to to digitize and get lo- upload and and so people can see it. So in your time working with people to do this research, have there been any really interesting discoveries or kind of aha moments that you've witnessed? Yeah, um, I won't say who it is because you know whenever we answer questions, it's confidential, you sure. know unless they allow it, but I, I'll just talk in generalities. You know, I know someone who, who discovered their grandmother was in prison. Oh, wow. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> yeah. That would be shocking. Yeah, yes. so you probably don't always find out good things. It's like, oh. Yeah, hmm. you, you have to beware. I mean, if you start <laughs> this process, uh, you may find out some things. You're like, whoa, I did not know that. That you got know. covered up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No wonder they didn't talk about her. You know? <laughs> and so, um, yeah, you you might find out some people related that, or that you didn't think were, and then others are related, that, mm-hmm. you know. So, it, yeah, it could go a lot of different ways. I know, you know, with some people – um, so I've, I've heard some people say it was depressing sometimes <laughs> and, and that's understandable. Yeah. You know, if, if your ancestors, um, you know, were in slavery or, or, or that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. That it is depressing, uh, to see that in black and white, you know, when you find it. So, um, but, but a lot of people are fascinated with it and, and sometimes, yeah, you might be related to somebody famous. You sure. never know. I mean, we've we've had a few people say, Yeah, I'm related to, you know, so and so. So either a president or, you know, somebody else that's well known. My grandfather on my mom's side had had for years had worked on um, genealogy and was able to trace back our family history to John Smith. Of, oh wow. Pocahontas and John Smith fame. Yeah. So, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was very interesting. I mean, it's, I mean, the work that he's done, like, I mean, I'm sure when he passes, like it, we're going to, we're going to have just bankers boxes of just paper and copies. And uh, I mean, he, <laughs> it's almost, it's <laughs> almost like one of those where it's like, you see the red strings and the maps and the, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's important to cite your, I, I do have to mention that because some people who aren't, aware of how to do genealogy search it is very important to cite your sources because when somebody else comes behind you then Mm. they'll know where you found that information Mm. if it's just a clipping and it's doesn't have where it's from it's it's very frustrating sure you know or 
I, I will say this just as a general, you know, public service announcement. If you've got family photos, you need to identify who are in those photos. Mm. You really do uh, for future generations, and they will thank you, you know. Um, so that they're not sitting around the kitchen table going, is that Aunt Mary's kid or who is that? Was that just, was that the mailman that just kind of took, got in the yeah. picture? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, and also take care of your stuff. If you've mm. got a scrapbook and it's on these old acidic pages, you need to um, look into getting some acid-free products mm. to put your, you know, uh, or something neutral, like for the photographs. Um, I I must admit, I'm guilty of this. I still have some scrapbooks that I know are probably not very good for my photographs, and I need to take those out. What will happen to photographs that are not stored proper, properly? Sometimes they'll fade. Sometimes uh, if they're stuck in there and you try to get them out, they'll tear. Mm. You know, some of the really old photographs are very delicate and you have to just put gloves on and you know right handle with utmost care because um they are very fragile and can come apart very easily mm -hmm. so you know if it's that in that kind of condition where it's just crumbling mm -hmm. you need to take your pic your uh a camera out and take a picture of it at least before you handle it so that if it does crumble, at least you got something, you know. Well, and I feel like a, a good example of that is like if you've ever been to the National Archives and you see some of the documents like the Constitution, it's like how much that's faded even in less than 300 years. And I mean, especially over the last few decades, like how well kept that's been and um, all the, the efforts that they go to to try to make sure that that's preserved and, and not being damaged further. Um yeah, I mean, it, very easily. I mean, if you've just got boxes of stuff in an attic somewhere and you're not, it's not climate controlled, like I can right. imagine how quickly that stuff can degrade. Oh, yes, definitely. So you have to, uh, you have to really take care of your stuff, you know, for future generations. And, uh, well, thank you for that. I, I hope. I mean, some people don't like a lot of clutter. So, <laughs> but if you digitize it, you know, that, mm -hmm. that, and you keep, that's the thing, though, uh, just as a caveat, I mean, if you digitize, you know, the formats change. So you kind of right. have to keep up with that. I've got some stuff on videotape that I probably need to get digitized pretty soon. <laughs> I haven't had time, but I need to make time because yeah. it's important. Yeah. We still have um, some stuff for our office on some of those hard, um, like, three-and-a-half-inch they're not the floppy mm -hmm. disk, but the harder ones. 3.5. Yeah. yeah. And we had somebody that's like, oh, somebody 3D printed the save button. It's like, oh, gosh, no, no. This this is how we used to save things. I'm not that old, am I? <laughs> <laughs> I remember the green screens. Oh, yeah. When I worked at Belmont Abbey College, um, it was kind of a shock because when I was in library school, they, you know, they had the catalog online at Chapel Hill and Duke all that mm -hmm. um but when i went to belmont abbey they just had a car catalog yeah and uh so it was kind of a shock but but they they eventually got it you know got their online catalog but um it's uh it's changed so much for sure um i know in libraries especially so we've had to keep up with everything was so, there anything else that we didn't ask that you thought would be good to share with the audience 
Um, we, we focus mostly on genealogy. Mm-hmm. I will say that we do get a lot of local history collect, uh, questions. Okay. I see there's some crossover there. Yeah, there is a lot. Uh, a lot of people are either writing books or they might do a documentary and they're doing some background research. Um, I have learned so much about Gaston County by just the questions that I've mm. gotten. And it's amazing, you know, uh, you know, I used to think about Gaston, oh, you know, back then they were all, you know, cart and buggy kind of, and, and yeah, it's a one time that. But th- they were pretty sophisticated um, in the early 1900s uh, when Gastonia was booming. Mm-hmm. It was it was a lot more sophisticated than I had, you know, originally thought. I've grown up here. Um, I was not born here, but I've been here, living here mostly uh, since I was three years old. So oh, I know well. I know the recent history. Mm-hmm. But when you go back and look at those that early history, it's just fascinating. Yeah. And I think a lot of people. Well, it's funny because sometimes we'll see people who are moving into Gaston County, and they'll come come to us and they'll say. I just want to learn more about Gaston County. Mm-hmm. And we've got books about Gaston County and the history and that kind of thing. Um, but you know what? Uh, there haven't been that many recent books about Gaston County that have been written lately. A few. I can think of some. But not a lot of people are doing it these days. So we need to make sure that we kind of keep track of things. And and um, I know a lot of it's online. Mm-hmm. But uh, online can come down, oh, yeah. you know. So it, I think it's important that, that we continue to write books about Gaston County and support those local historical sis- associations and um, uh, that kind of thing. Yeah, I grew up in, um, in Tucson, and it used to have two daily papers, a morning paper and an evening paper. The evening one is gone now. And they, for a while they had like all of their stuff online Mm -hmm. and then that all went away. And so it's like, if you want to be able to go back and do any research and try to find articles from that paper, like you would have to go to a local library or something like that. Right. Because we, we take it very seriously. We index the Gazette Mm -hmm. um, and we are still indexing the Gazette because you just never know if a paper goes out of business and then they just sell everything off and they decide not to do anything with their, you know, uh, and a lot of times there is a paywall, you know, yeah. if somebody wants to research something, they got to pay money for it. Mm-hmm. In the library, we want to provide access. So we have a way of looking for uh, some of these articles uh, so that, you know, people can still access them. Oh, that's great. Well, we appreciate you coming on today to talk about um, genealogy and local history and just all the different stuff um, that you guys have available to the public. I think Elizabeth and I have been taking notes and figuring out, okay, wow, they've got all these resources that we didn't even know about. So this is awesome. I'm going to look for a Wall Street Journal subscription. Right. <laughs> you need to go to our website. You do. Yeah, and, and make sure you have a library card so you can access those databases. Will do. Okay. Awesome. Jane Kaler, thank you so much for, for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank Thanks. you. Savvy Citizen is a production of the Gaston County Communications Office. It is hosted by Janet Schaefer, Adam Gobb, and its senior field correspondent is Elizabeth McGee. Producer and editor is Joshua Braswell. Coming up next week on the show, we've got folks coming in from the Gaston County Tax Office as we're getting ready for the 2023 reappraisal. 
They're going to be getting you all the information you need to know before property tax valuations go out in February. <laughs>